My name is Javier Colon. Welcome to The In-Between. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to my friend, Nora Shemis, about her motion graphics project titled Over My Dead Body. Hi, Nora. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing really good. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How do you feel being the first guest on the In Between podcast? The pressure is on. The pressure is on. <laughs> Try to be as interesting as possible. <laughs> well, that won't be very hard for you because you are very interesting. Thanks, Harvey. <laughs> Why don't we start off with some basic questions? Uh, who are you and what do you do? Okay, um, I'm Nuri Shamiz. I am a motion graphics designer. And um, after this year, I realized I also want to work towards creative direction. How did you find yourself at SVA? Um, so in high school, um, I always feel like I was really late to like the art game, but my senior year of high school, my art teacher kind of told me about a pre-college program at SBA, and I never really considered art school before because I was in like the computer science program, so I was just going to do that. So yeah, he told me about the pre-college program at SBA, which, was, which I did, which was fine arts, and then after that I was like, hey, why not, let me just apply and see what happens. That's such a very interesting story. You were in computer programming. Is that like a special program offered by your school, like a vocational school? Or was that like a mini major? Like, what was that like? Yeah, my school had like mini majors. One of them was computer science. I was learning like Java and C++ and all that stuff. And I don't know how I I was going to do that in life, but... (laughs) Well, you obviously remember how to code, right? Like now, like if I asked you to write something in Java or C++, you could do it? C++ was my strongest. After the Java class, that's when I knew for sure that that wasn't going to happen for me. Did you find Java, like those classes helpful when you took like Python uh, in sophomore year? Yeah, definitely. Well, at least in the beginning. Mm. Um <laughs> later on in Python things kind of shifted because it is like for Maya mm-hmm. so like I didn't learn a lot of that stuff but like the like the way of thinking I guess yes yeah the mindset you have to be in yeah so now let's talk about your thesis what is it called and what is it about yeah so my thesis is called over my dead body it is about a man who's trying to run away from death and so he uh, runs to his dreams as a first attempt of escaping it. Yeah, it explores the dream state. I, I knew that I wanted to do something about lucid dreaming, so it definitely started from that and then grew into this. And then in the dream state, I'm going to be going through a bunch of different styles. So claymation, that paper, stop motion, frame by frame like in tune boom mm-hmm. and then frame by frame but drawn on paper and scanned in very cool so did you find yourself having a lot of lucid dreams about death like where did this idea come from i wish <laughs> um, <laughs> i feel like everyone had a time in their life where they searched up lucid dreaming and they really tried to do it <laughs> 
but I knew I for a time in my life I was like YouTubing. Um, <laughs> how to lucid dream 101. How to lucid dream. How to astral project. <laughs> I would always try that. Sh- None of it worked. <laughs> I wonder why. Maybe you're just not doing it right. I probably am not, but I'll get there one day. <laughs> lucid dreaming, I think it was just something that I was always interested in. And then in terms of death, I think at the time, this was like junior year, I guess. At the time, I had a really bad anxiety about death. So I feel like the two just meshed together. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this film is about anxiety? About death? Yeah, I think definitely how like irrational it could be. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be like heavy at all. So I feel like the way it's turning out, which I'm happy about, is it's lighter. Like I just wanted it to be fun and like chaotic. I do think it's about the anxiety of death, but I feel like the feelings of it definitely speak for like anxiety as a whole. Well, definitely, uh, from what I've seen, it is chaotic, but in a great way. It's really fun because you do a really good job of mashing up all these different art styles. And I kind of want to talk about that for just a little bit. How did you decide the art styles that you were going to use in the dream sequence? So originally it was just going to be fully 2D in that frame by frame style, which now that I started the 2D, I don't know how I was going to do like a minute and a half of that. Yeah, and then my my thesis professor kind of told me that it could go in so many different directions because it's so it's just an open like section. Um, so I made a reel of all the types of styles that I've always wanted to try. Like I remember with claymation, I attempted. Well, I, I bought all the materials and I wanted to try it, and then I just never did for some reason. So I guess I just put together everything that I wanted to try but never did, so it kind of forces me to. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, definitely when you are telling yourself that for your final project you have to dive into these mediums, you kind of, there's no choice anymore, you know. You mentioned that the f- film was immediately starting in frame by frame. What is the majority of the film now? I would say the longest section still is the frame by frame, which is like 30 seconds. Okay. 25 seconds. I guess the next would be the scanned in and then the clay and then the paper. Gotcha. But overall, the whole section is like a minute and some. And then the rest of your thesis film is filmed like live action. Yeah. So you're really just kind of like dipping your toes into every aspect and every yeah. possible medium that you could. Yeah, I wanted to experiment as much as possible. So it's a bit scary, but... We'll see how it turns out. (laughs) What is probably the medium that you are least comfortable with? The cell animation is definitely the the hardest. Well, it's definitely the the most time consuming. And it's so crazy because before starting it, I was so scared of it. I was so scared of starting because I was like, okay, this is the moment that I find out if this whole thing could even be done because right. this is all like yeah i'm drawing these style frames i'm doing i'm planning all this stuff but it's like what if i literally like i just suck at this mm-hmm. but i did it and it was fine so <laughs> that's cool so i guess right now because i'm not so afraid of the cell anymore um i would say the claymation just because 
I know it's it's not like it has to come out perfect. Like that's the the like beauty of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't look so messed up. <laughs> so I am particularly interested in the stop motion process, right? Mm-hmm. Because I remember my introduction to the entire animation field and the entire visual effects field was through like little Lego figures or little clay figures that I would use when I was like 12 years old. So how are you going to incorporate this stop motion character into the film? So the dream sequence is him dying and dying over again. Yeah. Um, so I thought that it would make the most sense for him to start out as clay. Like I wanted the forms that he takes to make sense. So he starts out as clay, as somewhat 3D, and then he flattens out to paper um, and then liquid and then eventually sketch and color is kind of draining as mm. he's going, he keeps dying. So in the claymation part, he is walking in this tunnel. He's falling in space and then ends up in this in this tunnel um, with a bunch of giant ants. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then a giant foot comes over him and steps on him. Gotcha. And then, yeah, and then the next section would be paper. Are there any mediums that didn't make it? Like, were there anything that you wanted to try... Uh, to dive into besides the the hand-drawn, the 2D animation, the stop-motion, like anything else you wanted to include that just never really fit? I really wanted to include like a, a cinema 4D cubism type of world mm-hmm. um, so that he would just be like a bunch of like shapes and it would look like a, a Picasso painting or something. Right. Um, but in 3D. That's it, just because... It would have been way too much to add like a fifth thing that I have never tried before. When did you decide to go with all these different types of mediums? Was this before or after the pandemic started? This was in like September. Okay. Um, So it was was kind of last minute or at least last minute for me just because I get like anxious about that stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was in September when I made like the reel and then decided to pick out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm kind of just like now focusing on each part individually. Right. So yeah, we'll see what obstacles come my way. Especially <laughs> with the clay that is coming up very soon. Yes. So how are you breaking down this project? How are you breaking down the work? Um, so I approached it with kind of doing the, the most time consuming and kind of the hardest first. Mm-hmm. And then going into what won't take as much time. So the first was the cell, um, which I just finished up like a first pass of the whole thing. So I'm going to be cleaning that up. And then the second is going to be on paper, scanning it in. And then the third would be the clay. And then the last would be the paper stop motion. Nice. Um, Just because of how like comfortable I am with After Effects. I'm not too worried about that one. Right. Like I'm working on the on the cell now, but I'm also still planning for the things like for the claymation, for example, like getting the set done in 3D because I'm going to be only only the character and the foot are going to be clay and then it's going to be on green screen. Right. So um, the environment would be 3D. So getting that ready, 
trying to figure out how I'm going to do the whole scanning in and the paper. Um, well, there's plenty of different programs that you could use, like, on your phone. Like, I know that there's Adobe Scan, which, mm-hmm. like, is basically a scanner on your phone, and you could just, like, scan the images in. So, I don't know how authentic it would be to recreate that effect in Photoshop. That's what I was actually trying to, to figure out. Because um, originally I was going to digitally just, like, fake it, um, mm-hmm. which was... I was also going to do that with the claymation. So this whole thing, I was going to be a fraud. Um, <laughs> you were just, nothing was real. <laughs> nothing. It's a metaphor. <laughs> For real. I could have actually done that. But um, after, like, I watched a few videos, at least for the clay. Um, my my professor has been helping me out with sending me a lot of references. And after that, I felt like for the clay, at least, I just can't mimic some of the the effects in 3d so i'll just try it in real life and also i thought it would just be really fun and then for the scanning it in i went to a bill plimpton he was having this event where he's just kind of talking about his work and process and all that and he draws everything out and i just love the look of it Mm -hmm. um and i was talking to my professor about that too and there are just mistakes in that Right. that have to be kept so I don't know I, it's just the feel yeah you definitely can tell when something is genuinely stop motion versus yeah. when it's simulated stop motion for sure yeah. would you say that the stop motion is your favorite part of the thesis like what's your favorite part of, of working on it yeah I really like the stop motion to the paper specifically like the transition mm-hmm. Because that show was driving me insane for so long <laughs> to figure out how to do it. And then um, once it finally clicked, I was like, I'm a fucking genius. My head is so large. <laughs> All this like I was really hyping myself up. <laughs> and I thought the transition of him in clay getting stepped on and then he's literally like flattened paper on the ground. Yep. Not to bring it onto a downer note, but I'm just curious because I think that it's important to understand that thesis is not a straight line up. It's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes through its up and downs. Mm-hmm. So what would you say were your worst moments with thesis? Like where you felt like you couldn't get it done or maybe you felt like it wasn't possible? There were like three. Okay. Filming was really, really rough. Uh, um, yeah like on the shoot was insane because I I guess I blocked this out of my memory because I was traumatized but <laughs> um, the one of the like SD cards in the camera turned out to not be working oh no I way realized until yeah until a little bit afterwards it was dropping frames because the camera was getting overheated so it was dropping frames so we had to reshoot the stuff that was filmed with that which made the shoot literally from like 9 a.m. to like midnight. Ooh. Yeah, it was rough. So that, in that moment, I was like, I'm over it. We can <laughs> get up and go home. But my DP was really good at handling it. I guess better than I was. Yeah, so so she was awesome. And she like got that shit down quick. And how did you find uh, a DP? On Mandy. Okay. 
Com. I just looked for one there, and then, but she found her through Mandy too. And then you mentioned that there were two other oh, yeah. moments. <laughs> <laughs> my best moments in life. One was when I when I first added all of the different styles, and I just couldn't. I felt like there was too much going on, and I didn't want to just add things just to add things. Like I wanted it to fit the story too. So it was just really hard to like regroup and figure out how everything fits together. Mm-hmm without it being so like messy and all over the place. I don't know, it was it was bothering me a lot. It was really hard to figure out, um, especially because I was probably annoying the shit out of all of my friends because I don't have a thesis partner. <laughs> I, would, I would talk about this for like three hours a day at least. I'd be like, all right guys, listen, you gotta listen to me. <laughs> you gotta listen to me talk about this thing I've been working on. <laughs> And then to them, it's like it all sounds the same because they don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. Um, these are friends out, like outside of the school too. So they're like, I don't even know. What well, you have friends outside of the school? That's crazy. Yeah, I got like two. I'm popping. <laughs> so yeah, that was really hard. And then also when I was doing this, like the frame by frame and two boom, I was just so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> was staring at the same thing for so long. Obviously, I think everyone gets this way where they're like, this sucks. Like, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, damn, I just put in like three weeks into this and I still hate it. Like, it's, it's frustrating to like be constantly working at something and then you feel like you don't even know if it's getting better. Right. So I was just annoyed at that. So how do you find someone to critique your work? Do you find people outside of the department? Do you have friends outside of the department is your teacher i I send it to literally everyone so everyone around me is tired of me but i show it to everyone Mm. like maybe five times Mm -hmm. like yeah many friends get like every single version of the animation (laughs) to look at um my mom is sick of me but show her that like three times a day and also like my thesis professor has been really good with um helping me with that too and sending me like references and he he also told me to buy this book that really like is step by step yeah it shows like the weight of things and and how to go about like all the in-betweens and all this stuff so i guess research and bothering everyone i know i think that's the best way to get your piece and your art to the most polished it could possibly be just by annoying Mm -hmm. everybody that you know because you have Mm -hmm. to even people outside of the like if they're not pursuing art or whatever i just feel like they could catch things that i won't Mm -hmm. like they could literally just be like this just doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. like something is off we're so we can be so caught up in the little details that we might not know how it looks as a whole you know to a general audience so it's definitely important to get feedback from not only your peers, but from people who have no idea what you're doing. So we talked about your not so great moments with thesis. When was a moment or many moments when you felt like, yes, like I can do this. This is coming together really, really well. Like when did you first feel that way? Well, one was literally when the shoot ended (laughs) Um, at midnight on that day. Me and Celia, like, went outside and we just started, like, screaming for fun. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And at that moment, I was like, yeah, this is... And then the second moment was when I was was saying earlier that I thought I was a genius for figuring it out. 
once I added all of the those elements, like just figuring out the order and what's happening and all of that. I guess it's like everything gets resolved eventually. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like my first issue, that one got resolved literally at midnight. My second one, which was like figuring out the pieces and how they come together, got eventually got figured out. And now we are awaiting for the Toon Boom section to be <laughs> resolved. What would you say is something that you changed or something that you discovered about yourself that helps you concentrate? that helps you stay focused on thesis. Tea and music have both been like my best friends. Mm-hmm. So I li- I will not get up until I have tea mm-hmm. and a song playing. Like I pretend like my life is a movie and have like a soundtrack or something. So gotta have that wake up song. What kind of music do you usually listen to? Just anything? So much. I. I have so many playlists um, that I like jump through within the day. Mm -hmm. So right now I've been listening to a lot of music that just isn't English. Um, (laughs) So I have a playlist that's not named like not English um, that I have like French and Spanish and Portuguese and Arabic music. Yeah, it's fun dancing to things I don't understand. I've been listening to like classic rock too. Wow. I feel cultured all of a sudden. It's crazy. Once I hear a song, I had to do that today at 9 a.m. Um, <laughs> I just, I need to put a song on and then I'm like, okay, I get up to get tea and then the rest of the day follows. So, yeah. That's really cool. That's a really nice routine to get yourself into, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you just I, jam out. I didn't out. realize until the pandemic that I do need a routine. Mm-hmm. I always like would tell myself, like, nah, I'm a free bird. Like, <laughs> I do things when I want to do things. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized in the pandemic that sh- that sh- has me behind in everything. I will not get <laughs> shit done if I am a free bird. <laughs> so, is that when you kind of like really sat down? And developed your routine like during the pandemic yeah i didn't have like any type of structure but we mm. to the pandemic for teaching me something so take us through a day in the life of nura in the in the working life of <laughs> nura you get up you make your tea you put on a song then what i've been trying to take after you and getting up really early but today did not happen um actually i'll tell the listeners that you were late to our scheduled meeting <laughs> But it's okay because no. there's nobody directly after you, so I'll let it slide. <laughs> no song was waking me up, putting <laughs> me back to sleep. But usually it works, I swear. Uh huh. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. So I put on my song. I got up. I bother anyone who's awake in the house. Bother my mom a bit. Make some tea, and then I'll probably put on like. Either music will be playing or it's Shit's Creek. It's one of the two. <laughs> so I'll do that. And then, yeah, I'll just get started. So as of right now, I'll be finishing up the Toon Boom section. So I'd start working on that. And then probably take a break. I'll say if my day starts at like 10, I'll take a break at like 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watch an episode of Shit's Creek. Call a friend if I'm bored and want to bother someone outside of this house. I usually, I try to watch something that'll, that'll get me like motivated. Um, I remember my freshman year teacher would do that. He would start the class with like a, a cool short or something. 
yeah, I like doing that in the middle of the day. And then, like I was saying, bother a few more people. I guess work again for the end of the day. And I'll probably end the night with Shit's Creek. Nice. <laughs> Is it always Shit's Creek or just recently been Shit's Creek? It's right now. Right now it's Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost done with the last season, so it makes me really sad. But it's probably going to be like, I watched New Girl probably like 10 times already. Oh, New Girl is great. Yeah, so it's probably going to be like that show where I just watch it over and over again. Now turning to a little more of a reflective note, what would you tell your freshman self about SVA? My freshman self? Just to be a bit more open about all the directions that you could take. Like, I think I really closed myself off to certain things really quickly and for no reason. So, yeah, definitely just to like be a lot more open-minded about where life will take you i guess do you have any advice for juniors that are now entering the thesis phase have fun with it and just be persistent Mm -hmm. um i think that's something that i had to learn which is something that i am happy to say that i think i've i've like worked on and i think i'm a lot better i think that you have definitely grown a lot based on what you were telling me because you're 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 pushing through with these new mediums and you're pushing through with this idea for your thesis that I think that it's very admirable. the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We haven't seen how it ends, so we'll see. <laughs> I scrapped the whole thing and I'm like, I gave up. <laughs> you just dropped out for the spring semester. <laughs> how would you describe your SVA experience? I would say it's just been such a good... It's literally school, so this is a little stupid, but just such a good learning experience. (laughs) (laughs) What else are you going to do at school, idiot? Um, (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like even from the people that I've met, like I've met so many different people that I've learned so much, even like on a personal level, I've learned so much from. Mm -hmm. So just all in all, yes, school-wise, it was a learning experience. It was a great learning experience. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, but just like all around, just like. It's encompassing. Yeah, in a very personal way as well. I think I've just grown a lot through going to the school and just seeing so many different perspe- perspectives. 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 All right, so last question, and then we'll wrap things up. Who's <laughs> your favorite podcaster? Avi. Correct. You get a gold star. Tanks, tanks. Um, do you want my real answer now? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've just started getting into This American Life, which I am like really obsessing over. Do you want? Do you listen? I have heard of it. I have listened to a few episodes, and by a few, I mean one. But tell okay, me more. Nice. <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, there have been a, a few other podcasts, like. Uh, Kerning Cultures is one that I've listened to a couple of episodes. Um, it's more like Middle Eastern stories, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. But I like that that This American Life, what like ties all of the episodes together is really just storytelling. Right. Like you can get really serious. I listened to one called um, Wartime Radio, and that one was about, was a really serious topic. It was about how like radio kind of helped in two different situations. One was during the opium epidemic and the other one in Syria, in a small town in Syria, and how it kind of like brought 
the time together. And then I would listen to another one that was called Bromcom, which is literally, <laughs> it's just like cute little stories. Like it, it's not all super serious or like just for funsies, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I just like that what ties it all together is just the, the storytelling aspect and they do it really, really well. Well, thank you so much, Nora, for coming on to the show. Um, I hope you complete that thesis. Uh, but it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I will see you later. Thanks, me too. <laughs> For listening to this episode of The In Between. If you like the show, you can subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Javier Colon, and I will see you next time. I'm wearing my hairstyles. <laughs> Your hairstyle um. shirtless blanket. <laughs> you love that thing, don't you? It's so beautiful. I love it. It was literally the best birthday present anyone could ever get me. <laughs> shirtless <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah, I answered the door with this around my head, and my friend was like, You can't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's awesome. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs>